Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash randomtpodcasts. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to the Random Tea Random Mini Series Podcast. I'm Queenie. I'm Shania. And today we're talking about uh, Houdini and Doyle, Season 1, Episode 10, The Paul of LaPierre. Da, da, da. Yeah, so this is our season finale slash series finale slash something finale. Sass, we don't. Sass? Yeah. Mm. We just right. don't know. It is still credited on IMDb as a TV miniseries. It is indeed. So. Um, but Fox has been marketing it as the season finale yes so so the they're knows? hoping yeah for another season and with the ending that we were left with it is open for another season oh absolutely yeah, yeah. while still a majority of everything i still think it's fairly wrapped up yeah like this it could end it could be left like this and i would be okay it was with a it. happy medium because you know i did want some kind of closure <laughs> I'm happy medium happy medium i know right good one good one i didn't even do that on purpose it's nice it's nice (laughs) but yeah it was it was a good mix between wrapping stuff up but also leaving Mm -hmm. it open it felt very rushed yeah it did the stratton storyline was very very rushed yeah in these last couple of episodes oh yeah we have to wrap this up here that's why i kind of expected the whole stratton thing to be the last two episodes by themselves yeah but no but there was a case in both of them, so for some reason. Um, and we've talked about this before recording that these last two episodes had a very distinctly different feel. Yeah, um, they were in fact filmed in Toronto. These last two episodes were yes. filmed in Toronto, where the rest of it was not. Yeah, the rest of it was filmed in England. So there's a reason why it has a different feel. Yeah, the last two episodes were also directed by the same person, which was Jeff Renfro. Yeah. Um, so all of that points to feeling different well and i don't know like if they moved like if they moved filming locations for a reason or if the story necessitated them changing locations but the even the story reason for them going to canada as we talked was about a little in the iffy. last episode we were like what the fuck are you going like what it was sketchy yeah um it's like and then well, the fact that they're getting full-blown cases in canada but we know that this I mean, this, and we've talked about this many, many times, how this yeah. was a combination of several different studios coming together. So yeah. this gives it the Canadian part. Yeah. This puts revenue in, in Canadian pockets. Yeah. For them to film there and all this. Um, I, they were beautiful settings. Oh, they were. They were gorgeous. They were gorgeous. It just felt weird. Yeah. I missed our sets. I missed Arthur's, uh, Arthur Conan Doyle's house. Mm-hmm. I missed uh, the hotel yeah. where Houdini was staying. I missed Scotland, uh, Scotland Yard. I missed Maring. I missed Gidget. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know his name is actually Gudget, but whatever. Gidget. Gidget. I missed who I thought Gidget was going to be around. Yeah. And he wasn't. Yeah, I thought he was going to be much more of a foil to them. I thought he was going to be our Lestrade stand-in, mm-hmm. and he never was. Yeah. Yeah, they never really even had a foil Mm-mm. not within the police department and not even marrying really and even marrying promising in that first episode like i'm gonna catch you fucking around with houdini and i'm gonna end your where career. did that storyline go it just kind of was like oh yeah hey we have a lady cop now it's cool it's cool it's all right it's fine and now suddenly we need her in canada mm-hmm. and that's the what? thing they were getting actual legit cases uh-huh and she was introducing herself as part of the well. And there's uh, the there is know, the, the whole Her Majesty still you know Her Majesty in Canada. They're still they didn't that whole American Revolution didn't quite no. But they were independent at that point. 
So, yeah, but still the why it just is just made no sense to me. It felt yeah. weird and different and gory. It was beautiful. Oh, it was great. But I missed. I think it was more like I was so stark. I would have gone with the location change easier if the story would have gone. Had explained with it. it a little better. Yeah. This, but we just didn't. But like get last the episode, I was like, "Why the fuck are we in this mansion? What? Yeah. Like what? What? What happened? Yeah. So. But so um, entertaining. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was good. I still enjoyed it. And if there is a season two, I'll definitely watch it. Yeah. I enjoy. I enjoy Michael Weston. He's precious. Is my MVP. Oh, man. He live-tweeted every episode. He did. He live-tweeted all 10 episodes. Um, this It was his his opener onto Twitter. Yeah. Oh, okay. This was... This this this, this reason is Aww. why he got on Twitter was so he could live-tweet it. That's adorable. It. Oh, his tweets are adorable, too. Uh, in this last episode, uh, he tweeted about how when he was uh, standing outside one of the churches... Yeah. He got, the tw- he got a text from his wife that she was in labor. Mm-hmm. Um, while he was... Sitting with uh, the Native American guy, whose name escapes me at this moment. Yeah. Uh, he was in the middle of a scene, filming a scene with him when he had to leave and go get on a plane. Yeah. To go be with his wife uh, as she gave birth to their son. And that uh, the gentleman he left behind finished his coverage alone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he just did the coverage yeah. on from his side by himself. Did it all on his own. And both of our, our lead males uh, had sons. It wasn't just about waistcoats. Yeah. They both had sons during the filming yeah. of these, uh, these shows. Awesome. So that's that's pretty exciting. And this is all stuff I learned by following his live tweets. I had to turn Aww. off. I have since turned off notifications because the show is over now. Yeah. But he's adorable. I he love is. him. He's precious. I can't wait to see his next project. He I is, know. He is my MVP yeah. of Houdini and Doyle. Aww. I love him. He's a sweet He's bad. mine. I, I, I have claimed him for my own. Is he your precious son? He and is needs my to precious, precious son. Yeah. He is a cinnamon roll. That's with an S. Yeah. <laughs> Sin. So. <laughs> um I we do have a little bit of pre feedback from the okay. necrophone episode. Okay. Uh says uh this is from uh, a new new listener. Yay. Uh Monty. Um um that's uh Monica. Here's it is Monica. She's in Mexico. Okay, cool. Says, hello, I'm glad you're covering Houdini and Doyle as a miniseries. I'm enjoying your take on the show. Oh, yay. Uh, About the question, I wouldn't use the necrophone. I would let the dead rest. That's probably the prudent choice. I wouldn't. I am not prudent. I could not help myself. I'm such a curious bitch. If I was in the same house with it, I'd have all the lights on. Yeah. In the middle of the day. Yeah. Then I'd mess with it. Actually, I'd more be like... How does this work? Are you standing like by me? <laughs> What's your number? Like, what are the logistics of this? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Monica has a question for us. Oh, God. Houdini and Doyle isn't historically accurate. No. But is fun and many works of fiction take his, uh, many works of fiction take historical figures. True that. I mean, we've seen H.G. Wells was in Warehouse oh, 13, yeah, yeah, things yeah. like that. So, the question is. Do you think in a hundred years there'll be a TV show about J.K. Rowling? <gasps> Rowling. Ro- yeah. Sorry. I knew it when I said it came out of my I mouth. I used to I said pronounce it wrong. it wrong in my head, so it's very hard it's, for me to do it the it right way. It rhymes with bowling. Yeah. J.K. Rowling adventures. Do you think that in a hundred years there'll be a TV show about J.K. Rowling adventures? Not, I, a bi- not a biography, but something crazy like she was a witch hunter. That'd be awesome. Maybe and I, not a witch hunter. Yeah, but like. But that'd be really cool. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. And not like a boring story. It'd have to be something fictional and fantastic. Yeah. It's so funny, uh, though, because Doyle actually did 
like this stuff. So, I mean, but do you think they'll actually, do you think that, yes, it would be cool, but do you think there would be a show? Unfortunately, I think there will be a boring documentary. I think there would be a show because as we've seen by reboot after reboot after reboot, it seems like Hollywood's kids, there's some slim pickings with ideas. I know. So I would not put that out of the realm of possibility. It would never happen in her lifetime. She would never, no. she would never allow it to no. happen in her lifetime. Never. But, and then you'd have, you'd have to like, Harry Potter would have to be in the public domain at that point. Like, like, uh. Sherlock Holmes Sherlock is, is now. now. Well, and that was just that was just released like a couple of years ago that it became that it was this is it was actually by the court stated yeah. this is public domain. Yeah. So uh so yeah, so it it would be not within our lifetime, but no. yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't put that past. Well, it doesn't even necessarily TV. have to be the Harry Potter world. Is, no, but they'd have to mention it if she, uh, you know, kind of like yeah. they do with it this isn't about Sherlock Holmes. How much of yeah. You can't do a sh- like nobody would watch a show about but, JK without even mention of Harry Potter. That's true, but a lot of the stuff that's in Harry Potter is based on a lot of paganistic mm-hmm. history. And a lot of historical stuff too. So yeah, a lot but of yeah, pe- you're right. There's no way you could do it without mentioning Harry Potter. Like I'd all. be the first one to be like I don't want to watch this. Talk say Harry's name. Say, Harry, say, say it, it. Say it. Say it. Where's her wand? Yeah. Where's her wand? Yeah. yeah. What's its core? <laughs> we do so. know she's Hufflepuff. Oh, yes. Yes, good. Yes. Still freaking. Uh, speaking of, of, of Harry Potter, I would like to announce that I have uh, been sorted into Thunderbird. And I have been sorted into Horned Serpent. We will never be in the same house. Nope. As much alike as we are. We are not in the I same I don't house. know how that happens, but because I'm also Gryffindor. And you know what struck me as Gryffindor today? Mm. You calling about your, uh, you had car issue that was something that was, wasn't installed after, properly after an accident. After an accident, and I called the, yeah. yeah. You're so fighty. I just made the call. Yeah. I'm not going to fight them on 50 freaking dollars. But you wanted them to know about it. And but that I was, made That was made a very Gryffindor thing for you to do. God, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. And what did I do? I researched it today. Yeah, you did. Because I'm a nerd. You Ravenclaw. I am. So, all so, right. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. All right. Houdini. What house is Houdini in? Gryffindor. Mm, no. Slytherin. No, he's Slytherin, man. Yeah, Houdini's Slytherin he's very, all the way. Yeah, he's very, he's yeah. very goal-oriented and very, like, he will do what he needs to do to get shit done, whether mm-hmm. it's right or mm-hmm. wrong. Yep. Stratton. She does some dumb shit. She's Gryffindor. She's Gryffindor. She's Gryffindor. Yeah. She's very brave. And then Doyle is obviously Ravenclaw. You think? I think he I'd is. have said Hufflepuff. With all his like nerdy like Bayo He's, War stuff. Yeah, but his 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 dive into the mysticism. Yeah. That's not very that's not very Ravenclaw. That's not very Ravenclaw. No. Mm-mm. That puts him squarely in Hufflepuff. Yeah. And he's very Think loyal. Luna. Think Luna. Luna yeah. was No, Luna was Luna in Ravenclaw. Was Ravenclaw. Oh shit. Yeah. Ooh, then he could be Ravenclaw. I think couldn't he could he? be Ravenclaw. Yeah. Okay, because I was thinking he was he wasn't quite logical enough to be in Ravenclaw, but okay, he and could that be Ravenclaw. nerd with his Bayo War stuff. I mean, like... yeah, that's Ravenclaw. Yeah. Okay, so we got a Slytherin, a Gryffindor, yeah. Ravenclaw. So can Gudget be in Hufflepuff? If we knew more about him, I could say that, but okay. but no, 
We don't. But I love the Hufflepuffs. Okay. We had to sort them because this yeah. could possibly be our last, our podcast, last episode. And that's important. So... Um, so thanks for listening, Monica. We love hearing from you. Yeah, that's awesome. We've, uh, we've got uh, some some little tweets or whatnot um, for after the yeah after the episode. recap. Yeah, that that. So, uh, so writer director. Yeah. Hit okay. Me with it. I've already mentioned that the director is Jeff Renfro, who directed the last episode. Right. Uh, in this episode, uh, the writers uh, now David Holston. And David Titcher are both credited as creators on this yeah. episode or that episode or that episode. Uh, and But David Holston is credited as the writer okay. on this episode. So okay. he is one of the creators, but he wrote this episode. This is cool. apparently where we were going all along. Yeah. So, all right, you ready for a recap? Let's do it. So we're in the Canadian town of Le Pirontero. We're in Canada. We're in Canada. Um, and there's a reverend who's uh, in a church belfry. And he, he jumps up and he looks at his watch and he runs downstairs and he rings a bell, which is in a really weird place because who the hell puts a bell right behind the pulpit that would just get in the fucking way? Yeah, that was, that was an odd choice. So he pulls the bell and he's looking and there's nobody there. And he goes and he opens the front door and there's nobody there. And then he starts running around town and everybody's dead. So many dead people. Including the doctor. Yep. And they're just kind of laying around the town. Yeah, it's just like they dropped. They just dropped they, right where they were. Yeah. Uh, and he's screaming for help, and he's screaming for help. And I would like to point out that at this point, uh, Michael Weston tweeted that the original premise is that they had all missed their coffee that morning. <laughs> just saying. It'll do things to you, man. It will. It will. Caffeine withdrawal is a bitch. All right. So uh, we go to Doyle, who is welcoming Houdini back from New York, uh, his little uh, uh, overnight trip back to his mother's yep. grave site. Yep. Uh, but Houdini says someone stole his suitcase, but he had no trouble sleeping. And Doyle says that his writing is going great and nobody believes anybody. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. That's true marriage right it there. It is. So uh, Houdini informs Doyle that uh, he's arranged, uh, he's looked up at a respiratory doctor in New York and arranged for him to review uh, Tui's case. And he's agreed to go to, to Not go? Yet. Not oh, yet. Oh, that's, that's later. At the, that's later. But he's just, he's going to review the case. And which was really nice. Which was great of Houdini because he's like, she's still alive. You know, even though Doyle's like, up. you had no right to do that, but thank you. But married. Yeah. Uh, so Stratton comes out and she says she's decided to stay for a while. And so she tells them about her meeting with Benjamin. But At least she told but them. But she's telling them. At least she you, told them. Which that's totally different. That's so not tropey. Yeah. She actually told them. Yeah. Of course, it took her two days to do it. But, but still. Still. Um, so she tells I think about, even then she knew something was hinky. Yeah. So she tells them about a uh, meeting with Benjamin in the middle of the night. And they're like, well, you do wahoo. Yeah, you and, did what alone? And so Houdini thinks it's a hysterical uh, hysterical vision. Yeah. And Doyle agrees with him for once, and Houdini's like, what the what? Yeah. Hey, excuse me, this doesn't sound right. <laughs> uh, but Stratton's like, nope, I'm not going with you. I'm going to stay here and look for Benjamin. I can't leave him alone knowing uh, he's in danger. But Doyle's like, nope, wait, we got a case in LaPierre. And Stratton's like, but there will always be another case. And Doyle's like, there are 47 people dead. And more may die. And she's like, all and right, And we I'm need in. you. She's like, fuck. Yeah. So the trio go to town. Mm-hmm. And they meet it's with... It's a pretty town. It's a beautiful town. They meet with uh, Corporal Basie. Yeah, asshole. Asshole. Corporal asshole. Uh, but he agrees that there's a roadblock. 
He yeah. says the feds are sending some specialists, and but he refuses to risk uh, his men's lives. Yeah. Uh, he reports that the reverend survived uh, whatever killed everybody else, and that he, the reverend, went back in and will not come back out. Yeah. He thinks it was a sneak attack by the Indians. This is quoting from the show. Yeah, this right away I was like, I don't like you even more than I didn't like you before. Again, 19... Racist much? 20, whatever. But Houdini's like, yep, you're a bigot. Yeah. He's like, well, you can come I on in if you want. I love that Houdini called him on that shit. Yes. And used the word bigot. Like, yes. that was very satisfying But we've to me. seen Houdini time and time again mm-hmm. stand up for a minority. So it was consistent. Yes, it was, it was very consistent. consistent with his character. So he, I, I really like that. Because as we know, he is Jewish and he yep. is a, of a minority. And yep. so he's very aware he's of that. he's spoken about it too. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the corporal's like, hey, if you want to come on in and risk your lives, you come on in. Yeah. So they go in, and Doyle's looking over the bodies, and he confirms that there's no sign of trauma. Mm-hmm. And Stratton's like, no one tried to run anywhere. Yeah, which I think was a good point. Um, that, uh, you know, like like we said, they just seemed to have dropped exactly where they were. Nobody tried to escape. There was no sign of trauma. It just looks like everybody fell asleep where they were and stayed dead. Yep, pretty much. Uh, okay, so, uh, so they go to the church and they find, uh, the reverend asleep again. Yeah. He wakes up and he tells them what happened. Yep. Um, and that there were no signs of flu really or any other illness, but they were kind of, there was talking about the flu, but no real signs of it. Yeah. And he says to ward against it, I drank nothing but boiled coffee, yeah. which explains a lot right there. Yeah. He's like, I'm um, not, I'm not tweaking or anything. <laughs> but he refused to leave the town. He doesn't yeah. want to abandon his fellow villagers who are all dead. Yeah. Yeah. So they go outside, and Houdini's like, oh, it was the flu. And so if Houdini says that's what it was. That's not what it it's is. It's not what it is. And, um, and we, we proved uh, that hypothesis true again. Yes, we have. Uh, Doyle notes that there's no strain of the flu that kills this fast, and Stratton says it could be the work of God. Or the devil. <laughs> you know, uh, whichever. And Houdini says, uh, tells Stratton that she's not that, you're not that gullible, you're not that gullible, and yeah. you don't trust Benjamin. Yeah. I'm like, wow, that was a stretch. That, yeah, let's maybe bring it back to the case. Well, Houdini is so focused on her regardless. He is. So, He's uh, such a nosy, nosy bastard. I uh, know. Doyle finds some dead mice and insists that it isn't the flu. Yeah, that was gross too. I was like, ugh. Yeah. So I was get- just picturing this town full of dead things. Like, it's bad enough that it's going to start stinking soon. If it w- and Boy, those dead bodies looked really good. I guess because it to was have kind been of sitting fall out there all weather. Still, you're sitting out in the sun. Some of them were in the sun all day. Um, just all I can think of is Captain Trips. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. You see where I'm going. Yeah. And I didn't want to go there, but I did. So, uh, <laughs> so they go to the doctor's office because Doyle wants to check through the records and everything. Yeah. And they find the doctor there dead because, well, he was already dead. But dead. his poor puppy dog was dead. I, that was unnecessary. Aww. I did not need to see the dead puppy. I got the message with the mice. Yeah. I didn't want to see that. So the doctor uh, apparently dropped his watch at five minutes to seven and he was alive at that time. What that means, I don't really care. Yeah, because uh, if it would have been important to figure out the timing of it, but like you don't have to wind your watch every five minutes. Yeah, I don't so, know. So I don't know. So Stratton looks out the window and she sees a man mm-hmm. uh, standing in a nearby field, but when she actually goes outside, the hand's gone. 
So there's the whole vision thing. So Doyle's going through the doctor's records and discovers that he only had one patient in the last four days was this 12-year-old girl named Libby, but she never checked out. And you're like, and she's oh, right God, here. she's still there. Yeah. But she's alive because the Houdini goes to cover her and she's like, <gasps> yeah, I'm like, I've seen this movie. Yeah. Uh, wasn't that? No, I'm not going to spoil the end of Game of Thrones. Yeah, don't do not do that. Uh, <laughs> we'll get yelled at. So uh, she's alive and she says she was sick to the stomach and her parents brought her uh, to the doctor. But she doesn't remember anything about the last few days. I'm like, yeah. that's a serious uh, upset tummy there. And then she's like, where are my mom and dad? So, yeah. And, yeah, it was kind of ouchy. sad, and I, I was very upset about it. So uh, Doyle and Stratton take the little girl to the corporal outside so, you know, they can contact relatives and whatnot. Yeah. So they go back to the doctor's office because... But Doyle's looking at the records. It says that Libby had a kidney ailment, Addison's disease, but Millet's, uh, but the doctor, it's Dr. Millet, yeah. Uh, the records show that uh, no indication that Farley had it. He's trying to find a connection. Yeah. But not the, so the reverend doesn't have it. And yeah. the writer admits he doesn't have any medical explanation. He cannot explain why these people lived and everybody else was dead. Uh, Stratton points out that neither of the survivors drank water. Yeah. So, okay, maybe the water's poisoned. She had only That's had, a great idea. Because she had only had broth and he had only had boiled coffee. So they had only had what, what water they had had was boiled. So... Yeah, the, the poison water makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, those days, uh, Stratton goes out the door first, and she sees the same man. Yeah. Uh, but he disappears again before the other guys show before up. Before the boys see it. Yeah. So, they go to the Watertown Supply, and then nearby hills, and it's by the mines. And yeah. they're copper mines. And I'm like, yeah, poison. Yep, that's not good. Um, but Doyle points out, uh, confirms the water is highly acidic and possibly toxic. Yeah. Uh, but he points out that everyone wouldn't have died at the same time. Yeah, that was a little too convenient. Yes, and Houdini's like, what about the people downriver? So they go to the next village, and uh, the, our resident idiot uh, calls out, Walt. And he's like, yeah, you really can't pronounce my name. And I see it actually spelled out right here, and I'm not yeah. even going to attempt to, to say it because I'll screw it up. Yeah. Uh, but Walt comes out, and Stratton realizes that this is the same man that she saw before. Yeah. And he confirms, yeah, everybody here is fine. We're fine. We're fine. Uh, but Stratton's like, you need to stop drinking the water because we think it's poison. He's right. like, yeah, the corporal's lying to you again. And Doyle says that they'll stay despite the corporal's like trying to get them to leave. And they're yeah. like, no, nope, we're going to stay here. Because you can tell, again, he's he's a bigot. Yeah. Uh, but Walt, these are brown people. <laughs> but Walt agrees to let them stay, and the corporal leaves. He's like, Your funeral? I'm like, Yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah. So they're staying in Walt's cabin, mm -hmm. and he says that he uh, went to Lapeer. This is why he was standing right. cre creepily outside the house. Because she did mention, she's like, I saw you. He's like, Yeah, you saw me. Yeah. He's like, I don't fear justice. Yeah. He's very, I don't, not vindictive. He's belligerent. In a way, but he's very much, they treated my people poorly. Yeah. Which, <clears throat> of course, they did. He wasn't meek and mild about it, which I thought was nice. No, he was very, uh, he stood up for himself. Because the overly helpful Indian is kind of tropey. Yeah, it is. So this was kind of nice. And Walt was a good looking man. Mm -hmm. I was like, hello. Yeah. Nice looking man. Uh, just for the record. <clears throat> 
So Walt explains that the white men were killed for crimes against his people. A long time ago, a prospector came to their valley and they found copper. They forced uh, his people off their land. After promising that them that they were all going to get rich. Yep. Um, but those who resisted were killed. And he says, this is the day of reckonings finally come true. And Galen Lapeer was the prospector who discovered the copper, which is yep. who the name is town. The town's named after. Yep. He says they did not take lives and then takes a, a drink of water. And yeah. then Walt talks to Doyle about Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And they talk about how, uh, but Doyle's like, but I killed him. And Walt's like, he was born in the book. Yeah. And he's. Because you're his father. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, that's what he does. He says to him, he says, you're Sherlock Holmes' father. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but I killed him. He was born in the book. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. Um, Doyle says that he was fond of Sherlock, but then his father died and his wife took ill. So later we see uh, Walt is sitting with Houdini, and Walt's like, I feel fine. Yeah, completely so, fine. Uh, he talks about his dream of returning to their home, and Houdini wonders how he tells the difference between dreams and reality. Walt says, there is no difference. Yeah. Uh, Doyle and Stratton come back, and they said there's no sign of illness among any of the villagers. And so they're like, okay, but we got we to gotta keep watch. Yeah. We got to make sure, you know, because at the first sign, they've got to know something's happening. So Houdini offers to take the first watch. And he finally gives Stratton back the dang book. But at least finally. it happens. Yes. Uh, it was and now thing. we see why he didn't give it back to her sooner. Yeah. But so at now, least we get understanding about yeah. that. So as he stands watch, uh, Houdini reads a book uh, written by Freud on interpretation of dreams. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, so Walt just happens to have this book or what? Because I didn't see them bring in any luggage. Walt was very well read. He knew he was all very about well Sherlock, read. Sherlock Holmes too. Living in just, kind of a frontier town. Well, yeah, this is like you're in there. They're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So not just any book, but Freud's book. Yeah. Uh, but meanwhile, Doyle reads one of his own books. It's signed by Tui. It's, it was a Sherlock Holmes book. Yeah. Which apparently he's bringing around. And Stratton's reading Tom Sawyer. And all I can hear is Rush <laughs> in my head. Today's Tom Sawyer. <laughs> okay, so the next morning, Houdini and Doyle go outside, and they're pissing on the same fence post. Not the mm-hmm. same post, but the same fence. And it's like, okay, you're married. Uh, but Doyle's like, everybody's fine. Yeah. And Houdini says, I was reading about dreams. And I'm yeah. like, that's... Not at all. Uh, first thing in the morning conversation. Yeah. Because um, you can tell Houdini's really freaked out. Yeah. He is. Something's happening. Yeah. Um, and he says that in dreams, uh, you can't read. So Houdini wrote himself a note to confirm that he isn't reading. Yeah. That he isn't dreaming. That he's, whether he's dreaming or not, he yeah. can pull the piece of paper out. And if he can read it, he's not dreaming. Right. So Doyle figures Houdini is wondering if he's dreaming this mysterious woman that he keeps seeing. Doyle saw her too, though. Didn't Did she? He? When she was, when they were at, up at the, the manor and they were, the the cart was riding off. We never they, got confirmation that, that Doyle, Doyle saw, saw her. Too. Mm. See, I thought he did. I I saw it as ambiguous. Okay. Well, Doyle's. Uh, but Houdini says that is like she's not a ghost or whatever. Yeah. So uh, Doyle asks him, "What if Cecilia appeared to you?" And he said that Houdini says, "I mean, I was going insane." So Stratton shows up and shows them an inscription in Tom Sawyer. It's a quote from the book. Yep. And Walter's going out of business ad uses the same quote. And Doyle figures it's a cipher. Da, da, da. And the anarchists are using it to send bombing targets to their co-conspirators. And the corporal arrives and says, it's not over. There's three more deaths. Yeah. In another village. Uh, upriver. Yeah. Upriver. Upriver. So that kind of throws a wrench in their water theory. 
Yeah, because it's going the wrong way. Right. Um, so I want to take this moment to discuss the dream thing. Okay. Um, vivid dreaming is a thing. Yes. It is a real thing. Yes. And the key to vivid, because I was explaining this to you when I was watching this episode. The key. Well, to, we had talked about it a couple weeks ago too. You were telling me about your fever dream when you yeah, were I had sick a, once. Yeah, I had a fever dream when I was uh, was really really sick one time. But this is it's a little different. Vivid dreaming is controlling your dreams. Yeah. And the key to controlling your dreams is to ask yourself so often, am I dreaming? Am I dreaming? So that it seeps into your consciousness. So while you're dreaming, you're asking yourself, am I dreaming? And then you can go, oh, I am. And then you realize you are dreaming. Yeah. And then the first few times it happens, you'll wake up because you mm-hmm. realize you're dreaming. But then you will, you will be eventually be able to control your dreams. I have actually done it. <gasps> it was really cool. It was a boring dream, but it was really cool that I could do it. I was dreaming. You know how when you wake up in the morning... And you start getting ready for work, but then you realize you're still laying in bed. Yeah. Yeah. I had that happen to me one morning, and it happened like three times. Like, I would wake up, start getting ready for work, but then wake up in my bed again and start getting for work. And it kept happening. And like the third time it happened, I was like, I'm dreaming. And walked myself back to my bed and laid down. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And then woke up again. And was like, wow. That was pretty cool. But then I had to get up and get ready for work. because because yeah. <laughs> that's the way work. things work. But it, but it happened because I had asked myself so often, Yeah, am I dreaming? Am I dreaming? Am I dreaming? It was really cool. It does work. And no, you cannot read in your dreams. Okay. But my concern is... I knew is, that and you, I, I learned that from Batman the Animated Series. Of course you did. But my concern is if you're carrying around the exact same note... Yeah. And you're in your dream and you pull the note out. You know what it says. So your mind tricks yourself into thinking that you're reading it, even yeah. though you're technically not reading it because yeah. you know what it says. Yeah. So that doesn't, that's not going to work. Well, try to tell Houdini that. Well, okay. That's Houdini logic. So anyway, that's my, my vivid dream. But he immediately dismisses Doyle's like, what if, what if your mom showed up to you? And he's like, then I'd be crazy because mama's dead. Like he completely equates, if I see my mom, I'm crazy. But you know, whatever, in other people I see, he's just running an experiment is all Houdini is doing. Yeah. I get that. Trying to get comfortable with what is going on with him. So so they go uh, to the next town upriver to get back to the recap because we're barely halfway there. Yeah. Uh, so they're investigating these three new corpses and Stratton points out, uh, we were with Walt all night. So he's, it's not him. He yeah. didn't do this. Yeah. And our corporal dude's like, I need to know what's going on. People are, and he looks like he's getting scared. Mm-hmm. And Doyle's like, As we well, ne- he should be. Yeah, he should. So Doyle's like, we need to evacuate the valley. He's like, do you know how he's like, I don't care. Get them out of here. Yeah, Cause he's like, it's a lot of towns. And he's like, don't give a shit. Lots of dead so- people potentially. <laughs> So even with his protestations, once we get back to uh, Lapeer, mm-hmm. they're like, uh, Houdini tells Doyle that the corporal has gotten all the locals to Toronto. You're yeah. like, okay. Like, all right. That was fast. So Doyle's looking through records again and he discovers the three new victims were all in bed when they died. Yeah. I have no idea what this means. Yeah. I was like, okay. So I'm assuming you told me that for a reason. Yeah. Don't so know what that is. <laughs> well, we learn later. Well, we do. Yeah. But at that point, the I was clue- like, mm. You, you know, you saw, but did you observe? Yeah. So, uh, but in the meantime, Stratton breaks the cipher, and the message uh, from the paper spells out King Edmund, September 201. Yeah. So, like, okay, so the anarchists are going to plan to kill the king in two days, and Stratton's like, we got to go to London right now. Yeah. And Houdini's like, nope, send a telegram. 
<laughs> Doyle's like, yep, you can save more lives by staying here. What's one king versus an entire area? He ain't people? wrong. He's not wrong. And Houdini's like, why would Benjamin had coded the book in the first, you know, had the coded book in the first place? Stratton's like, well, the inscription's not in his handwriting, so the home office must have given it to him. I'm like, yeah, yeah. okay, sounds fake. Uh, okay. But okay. Houdini points out, uh, your husband lied to you. And yeah. Stratton's like, okay, I'm going to send a telegram to Maring. Yeah. And she leaves. So that night, Doyle, who is the Ravenclaw that you say he is, uh, continues going through all the records. And Houdini trying to sleep, and he can't. So he gets up to go for a walk. Like a dumbass. Yeah. So Stratton, uh, here's a knock on her door. So, these are different so scenes. did the specialists come and remove all the bodies? Apparently. I don't know. Are they sleeping in beds that were, like... I, I was. I, I don't know was, where they're sleeping. I thought it was odd that they were staying in the town. Yeah, I don't know. I was like, Ugh. and they and they're split up. Yeah, like so, dumbasses. So anyway, there's a knock on Stratton's door, and it's Benjamin. <gasps> it just I had to see you again. I've, I've had, had somebody s- watching yeah, you. I'm like, that's not creepy. That's not creepy or nothing. Uh, so she asks him if he has anything to do with the plot to kill the king. He says, I'm trying to stop it, and they smooch and they make out, and I'm like, Ugh. yeah. So, uh, Houdini's walking through the village at night in the dark, and there's a woman following him. So, he ducks into right. an alley, and he waits for her. And so, then he grabs the woman, it's, uh, it's, who happens to speak in Cecilia's voice, and she calls him by his, uh, yeah. his real name. Yeah. So, come back to New York very soon. Yeah. And Houdini checks the handwriting and discovers he can't read it. Yeah. And he realizes that he's dreaming. And I'm yeah. like, okay, that was a big to-do. Yeah. So, uh, we go back to Stratton after, mm-hmm. and Benjamin dozes off. <laughs> She's still dressed, by the way, I would like to point out. I'm like, that's not how this works. Uh, but Stratton sees the copy of Tom Sawyer on her nightstand, and, um, she, yeah, she but then Benjamin's gone. Yeah. Um, so, the next morning, Houdini wakes up in his bed with his, uh, the written note next to him, and he could read it again, and he's, okay, I'm awake. And I'm like, okay, buddy, you got bigger problems. Yeah. So we go back to Stratton, who goes and looks out the window, and there's some birds outside. And I'm like, okay, that's the key, but I don't know what it is. I was like, the birds it's are very dead. Meaningful. It's the birds are still alive, but that means something. But what does it mean? Yeah. So she finds Doyle asleep downstairs and wakes him up. Says, "Why weren't the birds affected? Yeah, it's got to have all the other animals it. were." And just like Stratton figures that they lived because they were above the killer, which would be a gas, and Doyle comes up with carbon dioxide because yeah. And this is why I have a CO monitor monitor in my uh, condo because I live in a multi yeah unit family or multi family unit yeah as being a condo so I have to yeah maintain that it's part of the law the fire department makes us do that yeah that's probably a good move yeah um, but Addison uh, the Addison's disease causes alkalosis which is a deficiency of CO two so it wouldn't have killed her when she had more of it than mm-hmm. most people could take so her ailment let her survive it yep. um if the reverend was up in the belfry he was above it yep so and but then so the three people lying in bed were down in it right that's why them they and were it all didn't in affect bed. anybody else because it wasn't as high of a level physically high of a level mm-hmm. as some of the other correct yeah uh so they go out to the mine and doyle checks for the gas and the match goes out and they realize the mine must have tapped into a pocket of mm-hmm. the co2 and it surged through the village asphyxiating everyone in its path and i'm like Damn, that's a lot of carbon dioxide. Like a lot. Um, and it went both directions. And well, it would float. It's a gas. Well, yeah. Well, it would disperse. Yeah, but like 
it was kind of in like it had to literally like go uphill to get upriver. Okay. I, I don't know. I can't Just, help you. I'm not I, that sciencey. I'm not either. So okay. I did sure. not look up carbon dioxide. I apologize. Gosh. <sighs> you weren't ready. You didn't prepare a lecture. I did. I prepared the 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 the, the recap. Recap. Okay. I'll take that. I'm about to call it a review, but that's not what it was. <laughs> but anyway, there was enough around to kill the three victims, the next village, like we talked about. Um, there were only a few feet off the ground. So there's another entrance to the mine upriver near the second village. Oh, I didn't catch that. But there, um, there's another entrance to the mine upriver near the second village, and Doyle congratulates Stratton on saving all kinds of lives. So gotcha. there it is. Uh, okay, that so, that. Uh, so they're like, okay, we can now go back to London and save Benjamin. And Stratton's like, eh, it's stupid and dangerous. Well, I won't risk your lives by taking you with me. And she's like, and they give her that look like... And I couldn't live with myself <sighs> if anything happened. And they're like, bitch, please. We're a team, damn it. I know. Where's the Scooby Snacks? Um, everything is Scooby-Doo. Gudget has some. So later, Houdini goes and visits Walt. Tells him what happened. So that's, yep. that's nice. Yeah. Uh, so the white men will have to leave the valley and Walt is satisfied. Yep. Uh, Walt offers the hospitality of his village to the Reverend and Lily. The little mm-hmm. girl. But Houdini points out that they have made other arrangements. Yeah. But that was nice. Uh, that he wait, offered. What was it? What was it? Walt called Houdini, jailbreak. Yeah, jailbreak. Calls him jailbreak. Yeah, which I thought was hilarious. He I was wish a, we would have known what um, what tribe or or nation he was a part of. I'm sure we could look it up and see what part of the town it was, uh, what part of Canada it was, and see which mm-hmm. tribe was indigenous to the area. But again, I didn't look that up. Yeah. But anyway, um, so Houdini explained, apparently feels the need to explain to Walt that he had just lost his mom and yeah. that it was killing him. And Walt's like, she's not lost. So the dead remained with them. really as, sweet. It really was. So the dead remained with them as part of the living. Uh, he assures Houdini that Cecilia is not lost, that she's home. Aww. And he talks about how he carries with all of those who have gone before him, including his sons, which made me go. Ah. I know when he started talking about dead children we, i was like Ooh. yeah so we carry them with us wherever we go yeah. so they're home yeah so as uh houdini is leaving walt tells him that cecilia wants him to say hello to the president and i'm like what yeah that's the, random the what now <laughs> yeah um but apparently yeah. mckinley is coming to buffalo the next day <gasps> And Buffalo is in New York, which is really close to where they are. Which is where the dream <gasps> Cecilia told him he would be going soon. <gasps> so at the uh, at the hotel, Houdini tells the others that there's a Pan Am Expo in Buffalo and McKinley is visiting. And the president will be there on September 2nd and is staying at the King Edmund Hotel. <gasps> King E. So the anarchists aren't targeting Edmund. They're targeting McKinley. Yeah. So they wire ahead and they go to Buffalo and uh, Agent Stuart Branowski is waiting there for him. And he says, I can't protect uh, McKinley until we have proof of a threat. And I'm like, okay, we're, this is Secret Service gone wrong. Yeah. Because just the hint of a threat mm-hmm. would put them into a panic. So uh, Hedini convinces Branowski to take him to see McKinley. This is too many names. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> and then Doyle and Stratton are going to check the hotel lobby. They're, it's so not creepy. Yeah. Um, but Doyle sees this one dude who's suspicious and turns out he's just trying to serve a warrant. Um, he did look pretty. Yeah. Uh, so it was King Edmund. Are we sure? King Edmund Hotel. Okay. That's what my notes say. The king was Edward. And I'm really kind of surprised they didn't make any kind of a comment about like these anarchists can't even get the monarch's name right. Was it just King E in the note? 
King Edmund, September 201. I guess I, I think in my brain I thought it was King E, but whatever. But yeah. I'm just, it's a Edward, message spells out King Edmund. Edward the uh, Seventh was the king at that point. Just yeah. a little fun fact for you. Well, they just, they really jumped through that, didn't they? Yeah. Because uh, it's the King Edmund Hotel. Yeah. So, okay, so they're, they're targeting McKinley. Yeah. Uh, da da there's a suspicious man in the mezzanine. Uh, so Houdini burst into McKinley's room. He's, I'm here to save your life. And I'm like, dude. Drama much? Dude. Yeah. Uh, so definitely Slytherin. Yeah. Definitely. So Stratton uh, is looking through the crowd and Doyle watching. So, okay, so there's the, the warrant gets served. So Doyle spots a man at the railing and realizes that it's Benjamin. How in the hell does he know what Benjamin looks like? Uh, the pictures and those in that time were not that good. Yeah, that, that kind of... Confused me as well. I was so, like, oh, okay. Yeah, so he introduces himself, says, we're both here to stop the McKinley assassination. He's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Sure we are. Mm-hmm. And there's a copy of Tom Sawyer in his bag. At yeah. what point did you start getting alarm bells? About- oh, long time ago. Okay. Long time. I've always suspected Benjamin. Yeah. I never thought he was on the up and up. Yeah. You do not leave your wife behind. As soon as she did the whole, he was really close to all these assassinations, but I'm sure it was because he was, I was like, yeah, yep. no, babe. That was back in the crime scene board room mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I always suspected him. Okay, good. Uh, so McKinley and his party arrive in the lobby and Benjamin draws a gun and Doyle's like, nope, mm-mm, not going to have this. The gun goes off and uh, so Doyle takes a bullet. But uh, Benjamin's aiming at McKinley. However, Stratton arrives and shoots Benjamin. Yeah. And I'm like, yep, that's the thing that happened. That's my bae. So Houdini and Stratton run to Doyle. She didn't go to her husband and Houdini go to Doyle. They nope. both they go both to Doyle go to first. Doyle. Um, yeah. And he says he's fine, even though he's bleeding to death. Then Stratton goes to her dying husband. Mm-hmm. And he says he tried to warn her. And that he's the one who vandalized her flat and took all his things. That's the only thing that explains it. Yeah. The only thing that explains it, the fact that they took... Because I was suspicious when they took everything that was just his. Yeah, like how in the hell hell would they know exactly? What was his thing? Yeah, that's a really good point. So, yeah, I knew way back then. Yeah. Um, But uh, Benjamin insists that he freed people and begs um, Stratton to believe that he loves her and... She says she does, and then he's dead. And I'm like, thank God. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's awful. So Houdini, uh, Doyle tells Houdini that he underestimated his wound, and Doyle apparently dies. Yeah. And he's all alone on that balcony, but mezzanine balcony or whatever. And mm-hmm. then there's, so we're like, okay, somebody's going to show up. Uh-huh. We, were, we were like, we were like, it's, it's going to be Tui. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be Tui. Tui's yeah. dead. No, no, I no. Tui's that's dead. What I, that's what I, I was really afraid it was going to be I, Tui appearing oh to him and God. it was going to be she passed away. But who else should show up but one Mr. Sherlock Holmes? And he informs Doyle that he's thinking of his regrets and that he killed off his literary detective. Um, killing off his liter- literary detective was more important to him than his wife and children. Because this is what you're thinking about in your dying and Doyle thoughts. Was, and I think at, at that point, Doyle's like, why am I thinking of you? Of all people, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, observing, because that's what Sherlock does. Exactly. Sherlock realizes that Doyle is thinking of Tui waking up and how much she'd love to find out how Doyle had resurrected Sherlock. Yeah. But so he brings like, it back to Tui. But Doyle points out that Tui didn't like Holmes. And Sherlock's like, nope, but she loved who you were when you were writing him. Also, on a side note, if, because uh, Stephen's wife is the one that plays Tui. Yes. 
There's probably a reason she didn't appear in any any she was pregnant. more episodes. She was pregnant. She was pregnant, yeah. And she had a baby, too. So that's probably why we didn't get any more TV. Get much more of her, no. Yeah. Uh, but Doyle's like, I wonder if it's too late. Yeah. So uh, they go back to their, of course, Doyle lives. Because, you know, story. Yeah. Um, so they're heading back to London. And Stratton's standing up on the do- deck, the dock, mm-hmm. the deck alone. And she throws Tom Sawyer into the ocean crying and i'm like yes ma'am yeah he didn't deserve you bae no he did not you got the boys over here it's okay yeah so uh the boys speaking of the boys they show up and i was like i'm doing better every day because you know he was shot yeah but he thanks stratton for saving his life and stratton admits that she shot benjamin because he broke my heart yeah good times don't fuck with her man i know right i do not want her on my bad side yeah so she says when they get home that she's going to stay with scotland yard Mm-hmm. So, yay. I know. Uh, I like that. I was like, yay. So, a telegram arrives for Doyle, and it's from Houdini's respiratory specialist. And even that, I was like, oh, God, she's dead. I oh, know, God, right? I'm like, so I- worried for Tui. <laughs> I know. But he has agreed to travel to London to treat Tui. He's <gasps> got some ideas that he thinks he can do something. And I Doyle like, thanks his husband, Yep. Uh, who jokingly asked for reimbursement for his suit that Doyle bled on. Yeah. Which was sweet. <laughs> so uh, later, Doyle begins a new home story, which would be the Hound of the Baskervilles. Yes. And that is actually uh, historically accurate. Uh, Hound of the Baskervilles was published in 1902. It was the first one back after um, uh, The Final Problem. And The Final Problem is the one where Sherlock Holmes... Yes. But Baskervilles was a flashback. Okay. So it was pre Reichenbach. So it was set pre Reichenbach, but it was written... After Reichenbach. And the, um, the Adventure of the Empty House in 1903 was the actual Holmes is fucking alive. So Doyle had a new story he wanted to write for Sherlock, but then he had to actually bring him back. Yes. So Baskervilles is okay. a flashback. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it was written after. Yes. Interesting, because how yeah, did the Baskervilles... published is... out of order. Oh, honey. <gasps> oh, there's... That timeline just... That time, there are arguments to this day as to what order those stories are supposed to be in. Yeah. So, which I am independently at one point decided I was going to make my own decision. I have a timeline on my bedroom wall with three pieces of paper on it. (laughs) That's as far as I've gotten in what, three years? Mm -hmm. Life. Yeah. One day. One day. But, you know, would you rather me do that or do podcast? Podcast, man. Okay. So there you go. So anyway, uh, in our final scene. We have Houdini sitting on the deck of the ship, and he dozes off. And after a moment, he glances over, and he sees his mom sitting next to him, smiling. So he takes out the note, and he can read it. <gasps> da, da, da. So is he asleep, and he can actually read it because he knows what's on it? I don't know. That's the question. Or is he awake, and he's seeing the ghost of his wife? So this is our... Mama. Oh, his, yeah, his mom. His wife. His don't, mom. don't make it weird, man. <laughs> it was already weird, okay? Don't make it any weirder. I'm sorry. So, yeah. So, we've got the Stratton stories finished and over with. They've closed their last case, but this is the open ending where this could lead into yep. a second season if they have one. And but would, if it doesn't... I would love to see a second season of him writing Holmes. Yeah. He's been fighting it this whole time. Mm-hmm. So, it could go either way. Yeah. And, but I'm satisfied that if this is it, yes. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with where they left it if this is the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Because they did. They left enough open. To make you question. To make you question. But it wasn't like, it wasn't like, 
well, her finding out that her husband was an assassin and, and they didn't they didn't resolve it but you know what else it does what it follows the same pattern with all the episodes where there's something that's not explained yes it does it fits in the bigger fits narrative the pattern. of the show it fits the pattern so yeah yeah and I thought this episode and was I think fine. That's, but I think that's why we can accept it. Yeah. And I thought this episode was fine. I thought the case was more interesting than the previous case. I, I prefer the necrophone, but that's just, I'm weird. But I just felt that the Stratton stuff was kind of crammed in there and rushed. It was very, very rushed. Like At the it was very least, an afterthought. She, she almost deserved an entire episode just to her story. Like, I would have liked them trying to spend more time figuring out about her husband and you know then just and we're going to this hotel and oh look he's there and oh killed by yeah you know all that yeah so now uh like we talked about before these last couple episodes just felt weird yeah and different but yeah. you know whatever it was it's they were in a different location it's yes. just they didn't explain it how or why and they were to here. me them investigating shit while they were in Canada, seemed a bit tenuous. Like, I know, like, okay, so Canada got its independence in 1867. Um, but it, they were still part of the empire. Uh-huh. So I could see them having some sway. Scotland Yard. Scotland Yard having some sway. But there was no need for it to be like, oh, it has to be these three. Well, okay, so, well, with the necrophone. And Canada well, has now, police. Now, now, with the necrophone... Because Houdini and Doyle and Stratton had already previously investigated several supernatural type cases, I can see why they would want them. And Doyle there, or they, Houdini at least knew Edison. Yes, so there was some loose connections that way. Yeah. But this the the Lapierre just was like you just happen to be in town. Yeah. Then they were the only cops investigating. That yeah. made that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. So, but other than that. It was a great story. It was very entertaining. It was a lot of yeah. It was fun. Yeah. And and if you when you go back and rewatch it, the clues are there mm -hmm. because the they talked about the CO two was um they said it had to be at least eight feet tall. Yep. So it killed everything. Everybody, but except that. the guy who was in the belfry who was above it. Yep. And then the little girl who had the Addisons. Yep. Um, but then uh, the people upriver, it was only the people who were laying down because one man had a broken leg, one woman mm -hmm. was uh, elderly. Yeah. And then there was, the th I can't remember and the one, third. I think was just sick in bed. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, they were all laying down yeah. when it came through. Yeah. So it just Yeah, it worked them. out and it was a satisfying It was all days. And then we already knew the mine was there. And I'm glad we got the, the whole bigot moment. Yeah. Because that felt important. Yep. And well, I just loved Walt. I know. Walt Can was Walt great. Can Walt come back next season? I know. Can Walt another... be on the Scooby team now? I know, right? <laughs> you can give him Scooby snacks. Yeah. So uh, so we got a couple of tweets. Uh, yep. One from Kim. Yay. Hi, Kim. We miss hearing from you. I know. Uh, she says they were clearly hoping for a second season as too many stories have been left yeah, Address. and they left the, they left the Tui thing open. Oh yeah, Tui's always going to be there with the treatment that was forthcoming. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then Danielle uh, wrote to us on Facebook. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, says hi. What did you think of the finale? Well, we just talked about it, so there we go. <laughs> uh, 
uh, she, uh, Danielle liked it. Mm-hmm. This is it did wrap up the whole Benjamin thing, which I'm still not sure why he did what he did and why he was going to shoot McKinley. I would like a little more yeah, background was, on the anarchist group. Yes. Yeah, uh, she thinks that was the name of the paper. I don't remember at the moment. Yes, it was McKinley. Yeah. Says, I think it left a good at a good ending, but did leave a mysterious of whether or not Houdini was going crazy seeing his mom. I think even if it doesn't get a season two, I think it ended at a good point. I did laugh when Holmes showed up. That would have been the last person I would think Doyle would have thought of. Yeah. So, yeah. And you know what this anarchist group made me think of? Because it was, they made a point of saying like there were all these assassinations. It made me think of, and I know this isn't the case because number one, this is fictional, but like the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand in, you know, that's coming up pretty rapidly in history from this to start World War One, mm-hmm. And it's like, I know that was a Serbian group, but, you know, you got to wonder. That's the kind of stuff, like, I would like to know who has ties to this group, because obviously they've got, they've got resources in America and um, all over Europe, because he didn't just, he didn't just go and work in the UK. He was all over Europe as a securities broker. <laughs> um so I thought that was interesting, and I just feel like maybe Stratton should have checked in with the home office. You were really not okay with this whole Stratton story. I wasn't. I just feel like maybe Stratton would have checked in with the home office to be like, hey, um, you know, and and things back then weren't as secretive as they are now. Like, was my husband an operative for you, or is that he just blowing skirt? Maybe they couldn't up have, skirt. Uh, maybe they couldn't have said. But, you know. Maybe getting to the home office was a lot more difficult. You can't just send a telegram. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's regardless of the fact that it wasn't as explained as we would like. It was very. very That's why I feel like the last grand. episode, I think, would have been nice to yeah. focus on that. But that's just because it was interesting to me and I wanted a better like, explanation. I could see the Stratton storyline arcing over a couple of seasons. Yeah. And make because uh, it started out such a slow burn and then voomp. Yeah. They could have kept that slow burn going over into a second season, but they yeah. didn't know whether or not they were going to get a second season. So Yeah, and we would have bitched if yes, we wouldn't have gotten a, if we wouldn't have gotten an a ending, good resolution. So. So. Yeah. So there's that. So he did. Stratton officially on the market again. Houdini. And Doyle. And Doyle. Because, you know, they're a package. three man. They're a package they deal. They are a package they deal. They are a package Let's deal. Just saying. And Houdini and Doyle are already married. Yeah. So uh, if this is the last episode, we hope you check out some of our other podcasts or stay tuned into this mini series uh, feed because we're going to bring in, uh, we've been, there's been talks about uh, doing Firefly. There's been talks about doing Dollhouse. Mm -hmm. um, And who knows? We had another idea and I can't remember what it was. Uh, We talked about doing Leverage. That wouldn't be on the mini That wouldn't be on the mini series. Yeah. That'd have to get its own feed. uh, Whether or not Preacher. Yeah. We might do Preacher. Well, that's undecided because that aired right in the middle of our other finale, so we couldn't get to it. Yeah. But, um, so, so, we're we're noodling on it. Yeah. It's here. This is just, this is a hiatus yeah. feed, so who yeah. knows what'll happen. Um, but, yeah, we're all, we will be recording uh, Season 1 Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for the rest of the summer, so yeah. check that out. Yeah. And um, if you go to randomtpodcast.com, you can see all the other stuff we have. Yeah, it's out there. So much. We have um, Gotham and Agent. We, we we talked about it. Did we? Yeah, we didn't. We not. I don't think we did. Did we not? No. Shit. <laughs> we didn't do our pimp. Damn it. 
That's why I was. Okay. Up. Now, so, I wonder why you were like, what is she doing? Yeah, I was totally. Okay. Sorry. Um, so we have Gotham. We have Agent Carter. We have, like Johnny mentioned, we, we're doing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. Um, we have random movies and we have MCU movies. Yep. Uh, Winter Soldier will be coming up soon. And three seasons of Sleepy Hollow is out there too. Somewhere. Yeah. It's out there. Go yeah. look for it. That's the only three seasons that matter. Yeah. And only two of those really, but listen to all three of them. Yeah. And if you have any suggestions for miniseries in the future. Or you, movies. Or movies, you can always email us at randomtpodcast at gmail.com. I can't guarantee that we're going to do what you suggest, but you know. Hey, we ideas helps. ideas help because we, we draw blanks so easy. Yeah. Uh, but you can also get us on Twitter at randomtcasts. And on Tumblr at randomtpodcast.tumblr.com. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash randomtpodcasts. Yeah. And, you know, www.randompodcast.com. All of our social media is on there. Uh, yeah. And you can go to our Who Are We page, and there's our personals if you want to, like, stalker, and that's cool, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I cannot be... Well, I can be held responsible for what's on my Tumblr, but, you know... Because it's your Tumblr. You be warned. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, there you go. It's out there. Um, I will be visiting uh, the UK in August of 2016. So lucky bitch. I'm sorry. I know you're sore. It, well, I'm this sorry. is Canadian episode, so this needs to be sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what it's about. <laughs> a boot. A boot. A boot. Uh, but yeah, I'm traveling with my mother for three weeks uh, in England in August. So you can follow my Twitter feed and see where all I'm going. Yeah, it'll be great fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. What, what time, time is it? Showtime. Show Wait, but sorry, it's over. I'm sorry. Yeah. It can't be showtime because it's over. <laughs> it's the opposite of that. All right. Uh, Staying tuned, guys. There's lots more coming. Yeah. So, uh, and thank you so much for listening. Thanks, guys. <laughs>